You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Knowing some of the burdens that people are experiencing in life. And you know, God doesn't allow anything to come into our life without a purpose. And he can take those hurts and he can use them for his glory. And so we, we might not always understand it. You know, we look at uh, the Hebrews Hall of Faith. The Bible says, these all died in faith, having not received the promise. They didn't see it down here, but they stayed faithful to the end. Now they see it. Now they know. And we might not get it down here, but we will understand someday. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And that's why it's so important for us to be grounded in our faith. We've got to know what we believe. And we better know it before the burdens come. Because if we don't have our feet firmly planted, when the burdens come, we can be moved. We can be overwhelmed uh, to where we even lose our faith. And so definitely don't want to see that happen. Thank you for that message and music. All right, we are continuing our uh, series here on Sunday mornings. It's going to be a four-part series. We started last week, and it is summer baggage. Summer baggage. You know, you go on vacation, and you load up your bags, and you get ready. You take off. You go on vacation. You come home, empty everything out, put things away, store the bags. But in life, it's not that way. In life, we carry things around with us. And some people carry baggage with them all through life. Some people carry baggage with them that weighs them down, that slows them down, that trips them up. Have you ever been tripped up by baggage? Yeah. You know what? It's one thing to have a physical trip up, and that's bad enough. But when you are tripped up in life because of baggage that we are carrying around, it's sad. The Lord said in John 10, he said in John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, the Christian life is an abundant life. It is an abundant life. This is just absolutely in the way. I'm going to have to kick him off the platform again uh, like last week. Somebody was all worried. You broke your luggage. I said it needs to be replaced anyway. And so, uh, but, but here we, we go through life, and if we're not careful, we start dragging stuff with us. You know what? There's so much freedom when you can just let it go. Last week, we looked at, we looked at unforgiveness. We looked at bitterness. And that's, that's some baggage that's heavy. I hope this week that you have been dealing with some of that. Hope you've been trying to walk away and set that down. Giving that to God. 
Peter said, how oft shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? And the Lord's response was 70 times seven. And I guess last week I said 49 instead of 490. I do know that uh, the, the math table's there. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, 490 times. Uh, just don't keep track. It's amazing. People never tell me when I said something right. They always tell me when I say something wrong. <laughs> it's like you get up here and start talking and saying as many words as I say. Uh, and so uh, anyway, uh, the, the impetus and was for them to forgive. God wants us to forgive. And that's some baggage that we need to really learn how to deal with. There are a lot more bags that we can carry than just what we could address in four weeks, but I'm gonna to try to hit some that, that I see over and over again. Some that I experience in my own life that I have to work on over and over again. I wish we could just learn, a, uh, learn things in life, sort of like riding a bike, you learn once and you're done. But that's not the case in the Christian life, is it? We learn a lesson and we grow. And all of a sudden we have to take that test all over again, but just at a different level. And over and over again, we are going to find ourselves dealing with things like that. Last week, it was bitterness and, uh, and, and dealing with unforgiveness. This week, let's look at Luke chapter number 18. We only read one verse uh, this morning. We will read the rest of this, but I want you to look again at verse number nine. The Bible says, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now, this is the preface to tell you about this parable that's going to be taught. The Lord is giving a, a preview of what he is going to teach. He's telling us why he's given this, this uh, parable, and so we didn't even read the parable. We just read that summary, if you would. Let's look at it again. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So the parable was to clearly explain the purpose Behind the parable, the purpose of the parable was to expose self-righteousness. Summer baggage, part two. The sin of self-worth. Pride. Pride. Pride is a core sin. I didn't know that Brother Dustin was going to be speaking on pride this morning, Sunday school. Same spirit. Same Holy Spirit. You know what that tells me? This is an issue that God wants dealt with in our, in our church. And if he's dealing with it in our church, and the church is people... That means the people that assemble struggle with this thing called pride. And I wish I could just say other people deal with it. 
But the reality is all of us deal with it. So the sin of self-worth, pride. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Give us insight, wisdom. Uh, Lord, grow us today. I pray that we would take down any boundaries and barriers. I pray that the Spirit of God would just draw a circle around ourselves, not thinking about somebody else, uh, not trying to uh, push off the, the truths that are going to be brought out, but help us Lord, look into our own soul, into our own heart. May you uh, be glorified by decisions made. So help us, uh, Lord, in this area. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. The wrong view of self will manifest itself in the wrong view of God. Let me say that again. The wrong view of self will manifest itself in the wrong view of God. So let's look again at our text here, and we're going to read the whole passage, Luke 19, or Luke 18, verse number 9. The Bible says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Pride is a core sin. Uh, that, that, is, that is something that we've got to grab a hold of. Pride is a core sin. Uh, when we go back to the garden, what did Satan say? Ye shall be as gods. Ye shall be as gods. Uh, it was, listen, I can be, I can be as God. I, Satan was cast out of heaven. Uh, why? He wanted to be like the most high. Uh, pride is a core sin. Uh, Adrian Rogers said this about uh, pride. He said, pride is not having a good self-image. Pride is not gratefulness for a job well done. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Just stop and think about that little statement there. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. You know, you and I, we need God. He said, without me, ye can do nothing. All right, but the reality is we feel like we can do without him. If we didn't feel that way, then when we got up this morning, we would have spent time with him saying, Lord, I need you today. Don't get quiet on me. Coming to church did not say, I depend on God. Coming to church said, I have made church a part of my schedule. Because everybody that comes to church is not coming to church because they want to worship God. Now that's where we need to be. But we're all in this should be in a, stat, a stage of growth. Just like your love for people. Your love for people is mostly dependent on what they do for you. My love for my wife has grown a lot over the years. 
And, and with that, the, at first, my love was selfish. Now, if you would have asked me that when we first got married, I would not have agreed with that statement. But as my love has grown, I can see how selfish my love was and sometimes still is. Her love is always selfish. No, just kidding. Uh, but uh, uh, no, it's uh, that love. Uh, but here, what we, we see is we need to be dependent upon God. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, that means without him, you could not get up. And you know who understands that right now? Those whose health is gone. Why do we have to wait till our health is gone before we recognize our need? We truly need to be dependent upon God. And pride is, is an attitude uh, of independence from God. He went on to say pride is a spirit of ungratefulness to God because we don't recognize all that God has done for us and because we don't recognize all that he has done for us, we don't depend on him. We start looking at all the blessings that we have as though we did them. He went on to say, pride is esteeming yourself better than other people. And that's exactly what we see in this passage. He, he gave this parable because of uh, the attitude of these individuals, uh, the certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And so here we, we're going to look at this morning, uh, this, in this text, we're going to see uh, a wrong view of self, a wrong view of sinners, and then uh, lastly, we'll look at a wrong view of the Savior. So let's start at the beginning here. Uh, a wrong view of self. Look at verse number nine. And he spake this parable unto certain, uh, so there's a specific group, a certain which trusted in themselves uh, that they were righteous and despised others. This was not an individual this is plural. This is, there were multiple, there were many, just like there are many today that have the same mindset here. Uh, certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. I'm not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, or even as this publican. This guy here. I'm not like him. You know, why is it that we always want to look at somebody else to compare ourselves? Bible says comparing ourselves amongst ourselves is not wise. It's not wise. You know why? Because we never compare ourselves to somebody that is above us in growth and accomplishments. We always want to compare ourselves to somebody that isn't at the same level so we can feel better about ourselves. 
none of us have arrived. So this parable was uncertain to a specific group. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Their self-righteousness caused them to despise others. To despise others. Now, let me ask you a question. What is your view of others? You see, if we have a wrong view of ourselves, it will give us a wrong view as others as well. Uh, he, he had a wrong view uh, of himself, a wrong view here, uh, that self-righteous view. There is nothing in us that we can trust. These trusted in themselves. You know, there's nothing in us that we can trust. Why? Because we're sinners. The Bible says in Romans uh, 3, he says, as it is written, there is none righteous. None righteous. None perfect. No, not one. Uh, verse 23 went on, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all fallen short. Romans 1 through Romans 3, it deals with the doctrine of sin. And every one of us fall into that category of sinners. Uh, and with that category of sinners, we are all guilty. We may not be guilty of the exact same things, but we are all guilty. We've got to have a proper view of ourself. When I start looking at me like I'm okay, I'm in trouble. A wrong view of self. He said in verse 11, he said, uh, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And notice there, prayed thus with himself. Prayers that are the, this was a prayerless prayer. And the Pharisee stood thus and prayed with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. That comparison here. This Pharisee had a wrong view of himself, uh, his sin of self-worth. He had a wrong perception of who he is, who he was. You know, I wonder what perception we have of ourselves. You know, we're not quite as good as we think we are. Well, I would never. I know a lot of people that have said that. I know a lot of people that have preached that. We are all sinners. And we are all capable of the despicable sins that should not be named among believers. We're not exempt. Given the right circumstances, the right pressures, we could do just about anything. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? It's deceitful. The heart, our heart will lie to us. Our heart will tell us, well, I would never do that. You don't know what you would do. And that's why it's so important for us to have the right view of ourselves. We have to view ourselves as a sinner. We have to, we have to view ourselves as a sinner that is capable of doing wrong. You know, when our kids were uh, teenagers, 
uh, and you know, they, friends would uh, be doing different things and like, well, so-and-so is getting to go do this. No, nope, not happening. I can't do anything. Did I, did I ever hear that, Rachel? Uh, can't ever do anything. It's like, don't you trust me? I don't trust me. Why am I going to trust a teenager? You know, if we have the wrong view of ourselves, we will give ourselves a pass that will lead us down a wrong path. And we've got we've to be very cautious and careful in our own life, a wrong view of ourselves, uh, this sin of self-worth. He prayed a prayerless prayer. Prayer is asking. You know what he was doing in this prayer? He was just boasting. You know, we can't come in the presence. How can we? What arrogance to come into the presence of God and tell God how good we are. That is a deceived individual. The heart of that individual has been deceived to where they are believing that uh, and to be able to come into the presence of God and pray that there was no contrition, there was no confession, there was no communion. He wasn't asking God to partake in this. It was just about him telling God. You know what? We don't have the right to tell God anything. He's God. Number one, he knows everything. And he knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows everything that is in the recesses of our mind. He knows the deceitfulness that is in our heart that we don't even know. And here we have an opportunity. We've got to have this sin of pride it is a sin that will separate us from God. And here uh, we, we see this. Uh, there was no, no communion, no request, no appeal, no supplication, no thanksgiving. It was just an empty, prayerless prayer. How many prayers go heavenward with words that are to elevate self? And that's what was taking place here. A wrong view of self. Secondly, we see a wrong view of sinners. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Uh, sinners are not in different classifications. It's sin. Murder is sin, but so is hate. Adultery is sin, but so is lust. You see, we coveting, stealing is, and idolatry is sin, but so is coveting. God tied those together. You know, we, we, we have to realize that, that if we're not careful, our self-righteousness will cause us to look at other people and put them into classifications like we are here and they are here. 
And that is what's going on with this individual. The reality is it was just all pride. Uh, He had a wrong view of himself, but that wrong view of self caused him to have a wrong view of others, and having the wrong view of others caused him to despise others. You know what the Lord said? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And the second commandment is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So despising has no part. Boy, it's quiet this morning. Despising. You know, you drive by, and I am, I, I am not going to give money to the homeless. I've seen it over and over again where it's an abuse. It's, an enab- it's a process of enablement. There are people that need help. But let me tell you, our community has all kinds of opportunities to give help to anybody that, w- that wants it. But there are choices that they make. But those choices that put them under the bridge or along the river, or on the sidewalk, doesn't make them any less of a person than you or I. You know, we should not despise people. The Lord loves the world. That includes people that we don't care for. God loves people that were evil. The ones that nailed him to the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. So here we see that a wrong view of self leads to a wrong view of sinners. We start, we start putting ourselves in a different position. Uh, Revelation 24, uh, 20, verse 14 and 15, And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Uh, and, but when you go on here, you, you see that there are people that are going to be cast into uh, a place called hell. And what a tragic end to life, to spend an eternity in hell, a godless hell. But the reality is we all deserve to go there. But for the love of God, but for the grace of God, but for the mercy of God, uh, every one of us would split, would split hell wide open. We would, we would enter into that place. Why? Because we are condemned already because of our sin. But Jesus, uh, who came to this earth, he loved us. Uh, what did he do? He, he paid redemption's price for us. 
He paid that debt, paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt that I could not pay. And what a blessing that we have a Savior that did that. Revelations 21.8, the Bible tells us, but the fearful and the unbelieving, people that don't believe in God, they're going to go to uh, to hell. Uh, He says the the abominable and murderers, talking about those that kill people, whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. And if we did a word study, we would be guilty of all of these. But he takes and puts one in here that just grabs your attention. He said, and all, I'm sorry, all, you guys are real quiet. We're going to stay here till 1230. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. How many houses would I have to break into to be a thief? One. How many people would I have to kill to be a murderer? One. How many lies would I have to tell to be a liar? One. We, we have this idea that we are up here and others are down here. A wrong view of self will cause us to have a wrong view of sinners. We start classifying everybody out. Uh, Why? Trying to justify our actions. But we have a long way to go in our growth. Pride will stop us uh, from growing in our faith. A wrong view of self, a wrong view of sinners, a wrong view of the Savior. Look again at verse number 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Who are we to think that our good deeds would impress the creator of the world? I mean, he spoke and brought worlds into existence. The sun, the moon, the stars, galaxies, the oceans and all that in them is. Then he looked down on the sixth day and grabbed some dust and formed man and breathed into it, breathed into man the breath of life. And we're going to tell God how good we are. We fall so short. To think that we could manipulate God. Why was he boasting? To try to convince God that he was good. You know what? God knows everything about us. And he does know our good. But when we look at it, the only good that's in us is because of him. There is none good. 
There is none that seeketh after God. If you are here seeking God, it is because God is drawing you. It is not because of you, it is because of him. It's all about God. And, and here, when we, when we get to this idea, pride causes us to have a wrong view of ourselves. Pride causes us to have a wrong view of others. But pride also causes us to have a wrong view of God. Uh, he, this man, he said, uh, God, I fast twice in the week. Ooh. Now, Jewish custom, Leviticus, they, they, were supposed to, they were supposed to fast one day a year, the Day of Atonement. So he was way above that requirement. Was it good to fast? Sure. But God knows about everything. Why was he doing it? the applause of men. He said, I give tithes of all that I possess. Oh, that people would be able to say that. <laughs> no, we have, a, we have a good giving church. But the reality is, this person gave, and his giving was an attempt to gain pleasure of God, favor of God. God gave us 100%. It all belongs to him. Amen. Us giving him 10% 10, 10 back isn't giving him anything. Brother Frank, I've got, I've got some money here. Not much. I've got a 10. Okay. All right? Do you have a dollar? Here, I'll give you that too. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I gave you 10, and uh, you know, I just need $1 back. Was that hard? Nope. No. All of it was a gift. This man, he was giving tithes of all that he possessed, and the reality was everything came from God. You know, if you, you put money in the offering, and you should. You should give your tithes. You should give your offerings. That's, that's part of being a believer and being uh, honest and obedient to him. But the reality is, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we are now up here. We can't barter with God. You know, when I go to buy something, I barter. If I can, I am going to, I am going, I'm going to barter. I'm just going to use that word. I'm going to barter. And I'm going to try to get a better price. Even when it's a good price, I try to get a better price. But the reality is, God does, we can't barter with God. And this area of pride, we put ourselves on a pinnacle as though God owes us something. God doesn't owe us anything. 
And anything that is good about any, any of us is because of God's goodness, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. And you and I have an opportunity to be able to live a blessed life. Why? Because God has been so good to us. But we have got to recognize that this area of pride, it stops us from serving God. You say, well, I'm at church. The Lord said, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. You see, our service for God is serving others. Not being served. Not being served. We first came uh, in 20. Uh, 10. And we'd have a fellowship and I'd go to grab the garbage and, and uh, pull that out and take it out or uh, do something. People were like, oh, pastor, you can't do that. Pastor, you can't do that. Oh no, pastor can do that. And uh, it was, it took, took a while before people would let me. And it was, and I understand they were, they were just trying to, to honor the position, but the reality is uh, we have positions. Why? So we can serve. That's it. And the greatest position that anybody could have is the position of servant. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life for, uh, for many. What was that minister? It's the word serve. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And you know what? We need to do that. We need to be serving, uh, but we won't do that when we have this baggage that we're carrying around, that we are, we feel like we are somebody special. We're not. Pride will handicap us, it will stop us, it will trip us up from serving God. The Lord said, these people trusted in themselves. If we're prideful, the Lord said, we trust in ourselves. If we are prideful, the Lord said, the Lord Jesus himself said, you despise others. Now, it doesn't matter what we say about our sin of pride. What matters is what he says about our sin of pride. The sin of self-worth. We raise our worth and believing that we are somebody special. And the Lord said, you are trusting in yourself. You are despising others. And the Lord was revealing a sin that separated him from these people. Our sins separate between you and your God. Isaiah 59. We've got to realize that this sin of pride is some baggage that we got to get rid of. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter what your economic standing is. We need not to be proud. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. God hates pride.
pride. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. First one, a proud look. And here the Lord was revealing this issue. It's some baggage that Christians carry around. The Lord in Chronicles, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. And you have to humble yourself because you are proud, prideful. So here is before the Lord gives the recipe for revival, the first step is to humble ourselves. Why was Israel in the condition it was in? Because they were proud. That sin of pride separated them from God. And they went down a path of destruction. You know, Christian, we all deal with this thing called pride. Now, the fear I'm preaching a message like this is somebody's going to walk out looking at everybody else saying, you're being proud. <laughs> you know, we're not the pride police, okay? That has so many connotations. I'll leave that one alone. Come back tonight. But we... That's, that's not our job. Our, our job is to humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves, you know what we'll find? Is that we'll see how great of a God we have. You know what we'll see? We'll look around us at people who need the Lord. We're not comparing ourselves to somebody else. I look at myself and I see myself as broken. I see myself as having failures. When I look around then and I see other people that have failures, I have compassion. When there's pride, what's wrong with them? They knew better. Boy, I wish I would have always done right when I knew better. The sin of self-worth, pride. Now, if you're here this morning, I don't care if you've been saved for 60 years or if you've been saved for six months, this is an area that you've got to watch. And the reality is, Many people are going to go to a devil's hell because of this one sin. Not willing to accept that they are in a, a sinner in need of a savior. There are people that are going to go to hell because, got this, I don't need religion, I don't need God. What is it, pride? Pride. People are going to go to hell because I'm not going to walk in it, an aisle in, in an invitation. What will people say? Pride. Lord, I get right with you on this, but I, I, can't, 
I can't do it publicly. Pride. Pride is a crippling sin. And it ought not be prevalent in the church. God's house should be filled with people that are humble. Realizing their failures and trying to help those around them who also have failures. We're all on a journey together. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for uh, just how people have listened and the attentiveness. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to deal with this very real sin in our lives. Give us uh, insight, wisdom, Holy Spirit of God, convict us. And then Lord, help us to be willing to be honest, willing to deal with this area of pride. And may you be honored because of it, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what the Lord spoke to your heart on, but he didn't give me this message for no reason at all. And whatever it is that he put his finger on, let's address it today. Let's stand together, heads bowed, eyes closed. The instruments are playing. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal savior, let me encourage you to come. Bow, come, come forward and we'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.